So I wanted to create a safe space for women and especially progressive women because also the space was very conservative oftentimes. And so I, as a, a progressive activist woman, I wanted to have a space for women who are progressive, who care about social justice issues to be able to process you know, their stuff around money and learn how to manage it. Mujer, after spending hundreds of hours of coaching clients in a one-to-one setting through private coaching, one of the things that I kept hearing from my clients was, I would like more community. And they are right. We thrive in community. We need to hear the stories of other ambitious Latinas and their desires to build wealth beyond their ancestors' wildest dreams. This is why I am so excited to share the news. Estas lista? Are you ready? Say Hola Wealth Academy is opening its doors to group coaching starting January. If you have been thinking about joining a community of badass Latinas who want to build wealth and support you along the way, this is the group coaching for you. To get the full details, join the waitlist using the link in the show notes. You can also use the link in bio on my Instagram page at Say Hola Well Podcast or visit our website at sayolawell.com slash academy. I can't wait, busy mujer, to see you inside. Are you thinking about investing in the stock market, but you are not sure if some of those fund options align with your financial vision and your values? Well, in today's podcast episode, we are going to dive into understanding what is ethical investing and how by becoming an investor, you can create impact in our community and the environment. Hello, Judy. How are you today? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm super excited to have you here because I love the work that you're doing in terms of like teaching um, women how to invest ethically. And we're going to dive into the topic. But before I get to that, I would like for you to share a little bit about you, um, your relationship with money and how you grow up just to give the busy mujeres an idea of why you're so passionate about teaching what you do. Yeah, yeah. First, I just want to say I just I love the work that you're doing too, and I really appreciate being able to collaborate like this and work together because I think you know there needs to be more of us. We, you know, this is financial education, personal finance is something that so many women and people of color, especially, have not had access to. And so I think you know I love that our values are connected. And yeah, so I got started because well, there's you know there's always multiple levels to the story. <laughs> um, but I used to be a union organizer. I grew up really poor. My mom's an immigrant from Honduras. My dad's um, grandparents are from Syria and Italy. And my parents did not have access to personal finance education. My dad was a I guess, serial entrepreneur, but one that was not successful <laughs> um, and was constantly filing for bankruptcy. Neither of my parents had the privilege to graduate from college. And so growing up, I did not have uh, good examples of how to manage my money and fact there was a lot of financial abuse my father was not a not the best father and so we he's no longer in our lives which is you know we've separated ourselves from him which is a good thing 
for us. It's a more healthier thing for us. And so kind of then I've had to, from an early age, because of that, learn to be really independent. And so I was always someone who was like, okay, like I just have to figure this out on my own. And so I had to figure out, I had credit card debt, 11,000 in credit card debt. I, I had to learn how to invest on my own. I actually just started learning investing in 2019, but it's not something anybody really talked to me about. I had heard people mention Roth IRAs, 401ks here and there, but I didn't really know that much about them. And so basically having to figure all that out on my own, I realized later on after I was getting burnt out in my union job and just realizing it was time for me to move on. And I was like, well, what else am I passionate about? And I had a lot of, you know, just passion about the fact that I had to do that journey on my own and wanting to have, to help other women, especially have access to the information that I didn't have access to, wanting to not have to learn it from a man, but wanting women to be able to feel like they have a safe space because, you know, in that, especially in that masculine energy, there's a lot of mansplaining <laughs> and it just wasn't like, felt didn't feel like a safe place to learn personal, to learn personal finance. So I wanted to create a safe space for women and especially progressive women, because also the space was very conservative oftentimes. And so I, as a, a progressive activist woman, I wanted to have a space for women who are progressive who care about social justice issues to be able to process, you know, their stuff around money and learn how to manage it. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I want to say, first of all, that I didn't know that we learn about investing around the same time, by the way, because for me, it was around 2019 as well. And when I started, I was navigating so much and it wasn't until I connected with you that I've learned that there's different layers of investing. And of course, you can actually invest based on values, which we're going to dive into that. But yeah, like I didn't realize that we kind of started at the same time. And, and I love that because I want the listeners to know that it's never too late to start investing. Like we have to do it. And if you're passionate about different social justice causes or things that you deeply care about, investing can definitely help you. So thank you again for sharing that. Now, you mentioned something about your dad, which... I'm going to ask you and, and feel free to say, I'm not comfortable if you don't want to answer, but you mentioned your dad being uh, an entrepreneur and also having a lot of failed businesses. How is that blueprint of your dad going through that impacting you now as an entrepreneur? Is Are there any fears that you're facing in terms of like, man, I better do this, you know, this way so I don't... <laughs> I don't follow my dad's footsteps because there's a lot of pressure that we put ourselves yes. through as entrepreneurs. So are you comfortable sharing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much that you go through being a solopreneur and especially being a woman. And I have not had a ton of people to look to who have done this. Like most of my friends are doing amazing work. You know, I have friends who are like nurses or other union organizers, but not a lot of, I didn't know a lot of women who are doing, starting their own business. And so I, you know, a lot of my friends are so supportive, but you know, they're working in nonprofits, they're lawyers, you know, they're doing great work, but they didn't have that like, oh, here's what, what you do. Cause they didn't, they don't know either. They're really experts in their field, but they didn't know how to start a business. <laughs> yeah. I have a, a friend who was like, told me, you know, yeah, when I first started talking about this, I was like, is she, can she make money doing that? And she's like, no, and you're, you're doing it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, the father stuff, it definitely, you know, I think in a way, because I did not want to be like my father. My father has very narcissistic tendencies. He uh, was very emotionally and, and a little bit physically abusive as well. And I, so I was very much, I don't want to be like him. I want to be stable. <laughs> you know, I want to be nice. Right. Yeah. Uh, just basic things. And so I never saw myself opening for business. I, when I was with the union, I thought I would be there for the rest of my life. Like, I am a, just a hard worker, just a consistent worker. I'm just do one thing. I'm really good at it. I manage my money differently. And I, you know, part of man, learning management money, money was my own way of like rebelling too. Like, I'm not going to be like him. I'm not going to have a ton of debt. I'm not going to ignore my debt. I'm actually going to pay it. Uh, he often didn't pay taxes <laughs> and owed all these taxes from his businesses and just he would make money and then he would just spend it and be all grandiose. And, and I wanted to learn how to be more frugal and be more responsible. And so the idea of starting my own business, it was a little like, oh, you know, am I turning into my dad? <laughs> but you're not because you are a successful business owner. And one of the things that I really respect about you is that you're serving women, right? Like you're helping them feel empowered with their finances. And I'm packing so many beliefs that I know we we both had. So I appreciate the fact that that you're serving, right? Because yes, can you grow a business? Like anybody can grow a business, but can you do it ethically? That's the question, right? So yeah, I'll, I'll be really honest with you right now. Well, when I first started my business, you know, I was struggling with my mental health, struggling with my physical health. I was recovering from chronic fatigue syndrome from just working my body to too much and just dealing with stress and not processing a lot of my trauma. And so I kind of started slow with building my business. But then in 2020, I was like, okay, let's do this. And I started working a lot more again. And I used to work a lot at my job, but I was like, I'm not going to do that again. But I started doing that again and then started to ignore my mental health. So I made um, decent money in like 2021. I was doing pretty good in or 2020, 2021. But then I, my depression got triggered again. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so then I was been trying to figure out how to balance with not working very much because <laughs> I prefer to work like no more than four hours a day. <laughs> yeah. And there's definitely ways to grow your business. Um, in a way that you don't burn yourself because I think I said this before on Instagram like I'm someone who is making profit on my business but I'm not someone who's seeking the six-figure title the seven-figure title why because just like Yudi I am extremely good at overworking and giving up giving it my all but then I realized that when I get to the stage of, because I am competitive, I'm not going to lie. I am very competitive. I'm competitive by nature. But when I get in the stage of you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it. I will put my physical health and my mental health like to the side and I've been there. And so I, now I'm like, no, I can continue to serve. I can continue to make profit with my coaching business, but let's find ways where you don't always have to be on the go, where, you know, leads are coming through, where your mind is where it needs to be. So I appreciate you saying that so much because there is a lot of coaches that listen to the podcast that really need to hear the message of like, you can still make profit without having to kill yourself to death. So thank you for doing that. I do want to say though, but one thing I was going to get to is I actually haven't made enough money since I kind of really was trying to balance. And I had some family stuff that came up too. I haven't paid myself since October of last year. So it's almost been a year. 
the only thing I've paid myself is reimbursing myself for the cost of my health care through my husband's job and just a couple reimbursements for different business expenses. But so now I like feel like the last couple of months I finally got into my stride again and I'm starting to like get to the point where I'm like, okay, I think I can pay myself again soon. So it's really hard. Like I'm, uh, uh, it's not been like just a steady road. It's like make a lot of money, make very little money, make, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, how do I get to the point where I'm starting to pay myself again and feeling balanced? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that is part of the journey of uh, entrepreneurship, right? Like finding out exactly, first of all, honoring the fact that life is going to happen because it's going to happen for everybody. I love this quote by um, Pedro. He came to the podcast where to talk about talking about money with your spouse. And he says something that really stood out to me. And he says something about along the lines of it's not if life is going to happen to you is when it's going to happen, right? And so entrepreneurship has its ups and downs. And I know for myself, one of the things that has helped me have consistent income without having to hustle myself is really having multiple income streams within my business. So we can talk about that in another episode and I'll be happy to chat with you on that as well. Yes, I need but, to get into that. I need to, that's something I'm working on. I'm starting to get there, but yeah, just figuring it all out. Yes, and you will because you're super smart. So let's dive into the topic of ethical investing and how can mujeres get a hold of ethical investing. So I want to start by asking you, what the heck is ethical investing? So that's such a uh, um, an interesting question because I feel like there isn't a straightforward answer because the reality is it is very subjective, right? You could have issues that you care about that then I don't care about. Like there's someone who's vegan and they really care about animal rights, but then there could be someone who's like, I don't believe the same thing. I believe it's fine to eat meat, but then I don't think that you know, the workers are treated fair enough. And then there's other people who like, well, the clothing industry, someone who could be like, I'm pro-war, but I care about, you know, this other issue. And someone's like, I'm a pacifist, I'm anti-war, but you know, I don't <laughs> like this issue. So everyone's got different, nobody's like, there aren't black and whites. This is the way this country makes it like, you're either a Republican or a Democrat. You could be a re Republican and have wildly different views on different issues with the party and a Democrat wildly different views on certain issues in the party. And so for me, the way I, I look at it is, is about each individual figuring out what issues matter to them the most. For me, I do really care about uh, workers' rights, women's rights, um, the right to choose. I care about the environment. And so I'm always trying to balance all those things in how I think about the activism I do and also the investing that I do. It's complicated. It's hard. It's really hard to hit all the pieces. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing that. So what are um, what are the best ethical investments? And of course, this is just from education purposes like how can people know right because you just said uh you just said it right now very well by the way is like there's so many issues and sometimes it's hard to really get a hold of everything that you want to help or maybe even uh support right so again what are some of the best ethical investments and how do people get even started so I think part of it is what I would say to anybody is because I do think it is important for people to invest. Like I've talked about this in different places that, you know, especially someone who used to be a union organizer, there used to be way more access to pensions, way more union jobs. And 
one good thing is there are movements now again so many places starting to unionize there's you know that amazon warehouse that unionized starbucks a lot of starbucks are starting to unionize but still because we don't have as much access to pensions if you want to retire without literally scraping pennies i saw my grandmother do this um because she had um just lived off social security in her retirement didn't have anything else and it's not the, it's not the way you want to retire i'll say that not the way i yeah. want to retire i mean i guess everyone's retirement is going to look different but i don't want to retire that way i want to have more cushion i want to be able to travel and do different things with my life and so you should start investing because if you want to retire there's you've got to invest in something whether it's real estate the stock market a business you know get yourself some sort of cushion to be able to retire and so i would say start investing Right. And you might not be able to understand the investing world right away. I started and I wasn't ethically investing, but I'm glad that I got started because it, it helped me to dip my toes in the water, helped me start to feel more confident, like, oh, okay, I can invest. And then once I became a confident investor, I was like, oh, and not only can I invest, but I can also invest on my values, which is like, yay, I can do both. <laughs> right. And so part of it, so if the people who have kind of under started to understand investing, there's two of the major things within the stock market are their stocks, individual stocks, right? So you can invest in individual company like Amazon, Costco, Walmart, or you can invest in index funds, which are like baskets of stocks. So there are index funds that are ethical investing index funds. So I don't want to say any particular ones, but what I will say is like all the major, um, uh, most of the major investing firms have them like Vanguard has their own versions of them. Fidelity, I believe, has their own versions of them. I'm pretty sure Charles Schwab does as well. Those are three that I have some experience investing in, but I've heard other people talk about E-Trade and there's different companies you have to find the right one that's right for you. And so what I would do is start looking into, if you search ESG index fund, that is a great place to start um, to, to kind of start dipping your toes in. Now you can, you can also go further than that. I love it. I love it. I love how you just said, start investing. And then again, investing has layers. So down the road, there might be an opportunity for people to say, okay, I'm comfortable, just like Judy, right? That was your process. You started investing and then you said, wait a second, now I can start looking around. And I think it's investing is like learning a new recipe or exercising, right? Like that at the beginning, you have no clue what you're doing. And then the more you do it, the more comfortable you get and the better you become. So I love that advice so much. And my next question to you is, are there any limits to ethical investing? Yes. And, well, and one thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately, it's like, and there are limits and those limits get pushed when more people get involved and fight for those limits to be pushed, right? Like there are so many things that we didn't have our rights to back in the day, but people got politically involved and people demanded certain things. So there started to be demand for, you know, better products for, you know, uh, I guess an example could be, I'm trying to think of like, okay, so there are people who have wanted to be vegan because they believe in animal rights, right? And I do believe, I'm not vegan, but I want to eat less meat. I, it's hard. I grew up in a very meat-centric family and I've enjoyed eating meat, but I feel so bad for the animals and it's so conflicted. And I know it's better for the environment. So I've been trying to slowly like um, eat less meat and go more vegan too. And so if you want to do that, right, that 
there weren't as many vegan options back in the day, but people created that demand and pushed for it and fought for it. And now there's so many options if you want to go vegan. And so the same thing with the investing world. So there are some ethical investing on, uh, uh, options. For example, ethical investing, the ESG, it's less for, I think, environmental social governance funds, I think it's, it is. Um, That's exactly right. Okay. <laughs> I'm always forgetting things. Um, and so those funds, you know, when I started looking at them, I was like, oh, like many of them exclude certain things and I'm glad that they exclude. Uh, these things are bad. Um, and I talk about exactly what most of the funds exclude in a course that I have on investing. But then I would see other things that they're investing in. Like, for example, I'll give one example. There's a fund that I was like, oh, why are they excluding a couple of things that I'm really passionate about not investing in? But there's Walmart in it. <laughs> and Walmart has been notorious over the years as being a very anti-union employer, an employer that has avoided giving health care to employees they'll give some, you know, some employees will get it, but they'll try to keep only part-time hours from workers, keep wages low, right? So they're not an employer that I, if I can avoid investing in them, I'd rather invest in an employer that is pro, is supports, if their workers want a union, will allow them to have a union or has many union properties. Uh, an employer that gives health care, that gives high wages, that gives paid time off. I would rather invest in a company like that. So, Although they don't, there are companies in there that I don't like, it is a good place to start. And then there are other ways that are kind of tweak the way I invest to try to include more of the companies that do provide the things or do the services or whatever, whatever it is that I care about. And I teach this in my course, I have a whole course on this, how I've started to slowly radicalize my investments. And so, and and then I want to say is, Although there are limits now, the same thing with the vegan world, even these ESG index funds that exist now didn't exist 10, 15 years ago, but there became the demand, especially because women investors tend to want to invest more ethically. And so as women have become more, uh, more and more become investors and really started putting themselves into this world and saying, hey, we're here, we're investing, we're learning, and we're going to do this, right? And we want to do it based on our values. All of a sudden, there was a demand. So these companies are responding to that demand. So I believe that the more, uh, especially women who care about ethical investing, get involved and say, hey, we don't like these options. These are the things we want included and not included in these funds. I believe more and more better options are going to come in the years to come. I love that. And I do believe that the the ethical investing funds and options will continue to change because there is more and more women that are taking part of the investing. It's not really a trend, but in the past, we never see ourselves represented like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, but also... I mean, now we have friends that are investing, right? (laughs) And so we get to demand uh, those changes. And this is why money, you know, people say that money is not political. It's like, yes, money is political. And we must use it to really help us get where we want to be, especially uh, help underserved communities. So my next question to you is, is ethical investing expensive? And how much money do we need to get started? Oh, good question. So it depends, right? It used to be way more expensive. There, the, it used to be that the only way you could invest in 
I would say because there's index funds and mutual funds, which are very similar and sometimes the line blur between, blurs between the two of those. But there are mutual funds that are not considered index funds that are managed by individuals. And because they're managed by in, individuals, they those individuals tend to charge high fees. And that used to be your only option before if you wanted to ethically invest. Now, because there's these index funds, which are like the basket of stocks, like I said before, but they're more passively managed, basically by like a computer or an algorithm is managing them, then the, the fees are smaller. So you do have to be careful. You have to understand how fees work in investing just to make sure that you're investing in one that has low fees. But if you know what to look for, which I teach you my book, <laughs> um, then you can find index funds that have low fees. And then also you have to understand which platform to go with because there's some that have high minimums and some that have low minimums to invest in. So if you know what to look for, but this is why I'm so passionate about teaching this because I had to figure this all out myself. I had to experiment, you know, since 2019, I've slowly changed platforms and done all this stuff. And now I'm like, okay, now I know how to do it. And that's why I created the course when I was like, okay, and I feel super confident. I know what I'm doing. I know how to, you know, invest based on my values. I know, you know, and, I, and I'm also constantly learning. I'm constantly adding updates to the course because there's so much to, there's so many new things to learn. And, and the industry is constantly changing, right? So that's, but, but the good thing is I'm a person who likes to keep up with those things and constantly look into things, you know, what are new options, what's happening. And so it, not everyone likes to do that. So that's why, like, I love doing this work because I can be that resource for others who don't want to do the work and then they can just come to me and I can go, let me tell you what's going on and what are new options that are available for you? Or there's new companies that are coming out that have more of the values that align with me that I'm looking into if you're interested in looking into them as well. I love it. And well said. Investing is something that we continue to learn just because someone gets to the point where, yeah, I open my accounts, I'm investing, like it doesn't have to stay that way forever. And in fact, we recommend that it doesn't stay that way forever because the older we get, the more conservative we need to become as, as far as like investing. Um, this has been an amazing conversation and you, you already know I love everything about ethical investing, but let me ask you, couple more questions. One is, what is your definition of wealth? That is a great question. I do want to say, though, I don't like the word wealth. I prefer to talk about it as financial freedom or as having access to an abundant life. Because if not, a wealth, I think, is so associated in so many of our minds with money. And for me, it's about having the freedom to do what you want, to not be stuck in a relationship or a job because you can't financially afford to leave. Not having it's about being able to have access to education, to resources, to travel, to the things that are important to you. To be able to to have access to putting uh, your resource your resources into things that matter to you and to the causes that matter to you. And so for me, it's about it's really about freedom. That's that's what it comes down to. Love it. And this is why we're teaching mujeres to invest because we want them to have the freedom to choose. So love the definition. What is something that you invested in maybe in the last three years that you're super proud that you're like, man, am I glad I made that investment? 
So for me, one thing that I'm just so, I'm grateful I have the resources. I invested in a membership at a co-working space. <laughs> this has actually been literally transforming my life because before when I worked at the union, I was out. Like I was going to different workplaces, visiting workers in their homes. I was in the office, but I was literally like, you, they say you organizers, you live in your car, right? And so I was constantly around people and talking to people. And I love that. Now I did, I think after that, needed a period of hibernation <laughs> a little bit to recover. And I do also love working at home, but I realized, you know, we're all so different. Some people need more alone time. Some people need more extra time and some people need a balance of both. And I realized I am a person who needs a balance of both. And so it has been such a blessing for me to be able to a couple days a week go to a co-working space. And I've met this particular co-working space is in Hollywood and in Los Angeles. And it's super progressive. It's, it's B Corp certified, which is like means that it, you know, it, it hits certain ethical uh, standards. And it's like filled with nature. It's environmentally friendly, all this stuff. And so many progressive women I've met there that are super inspiring, doing great work too. And so I think for me, that has been um, just such a blessing and something that has helped me even get re-inspired in my work. And I can feed off the energy of others to continue to, because a lot of like doing this work, always when you're doing work, especially like, like now it's like, it's like, I'm not paying myself for this, you know, right now. And so it's like really a labor of love. So finding things that sustain me in the midst of when it's challenging is, is, is priceless to me. Mujeres invest in the things that bring you joy. So Judy is investing in a uh, co-working space. For you, it might look like maybe hiring a therapist or a coach or even buying clothes that make you feel good without, of course, having just emotional spending, but buying something that makes you feel good. Now, Judy, where can people find you? Yeah, so I am on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, most active on Instagram, though, as at Hear Me Finance. So H-E-A-R-M-E Finance. So the slogan is, I am woman, hear me finance. I didn't come up with it. One of my early clients is a genius um, with branding. And I was like, oh my God, that feels so me. I like, I, I didn't know how to describe myself. And she, she was like, I was like, I love that. That, that feels exactly aligns with my mission. <laughs> and um, if, if you would like to be in touch to one, DMing, I love DMing and messaging with who are part of my community who, have, who want to just talk about money and I have if you want to work with me I have a group coaching program a three-month program called the confident money club there's a link in my bio and Instagram to apply and most importantly I have a three-month self-paced uh, ethical it's really an investing course with a huge component on ethical investing because I realized if you want to learn how to invest but you don't know how to invest then what's, there's no point so I created a, a whole investing course that literally is everything you would ever want to know about investing. It's called Know It All, an ethical investing course. So I, I want you to know it all, everything. And it's kind of like pick and choose. So you can really just grab all the resources that you need and it's always there for you. And it's $197 normally, but if any of you want to get it, I'm giving you a code of 50 off of 50OFF and you can get it for $147. So. We'd love to 
in community and, and support you all. Perfect. So Mujeres Give Duty a follow. And I'm also going to be adding her um, Instagram handles on the no-show. So make sure that you also check them out. And Judy, it has been an amazing time. Please keep doing what you're doing because we definitely, not only do we need more women to become investors, but we also need more women to invest ethically. So thank you again for coming to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Seriously, I always love talking with you. This has been really awesome. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take control of your dinero, download our free 15-page Latina's Guide to Building Wealth, the ultimate blueprint to create your dinero systems. This guide includes the best tips on mindset, budgeting, and the dinero systems you need to build wealth. It is completely free, and to get a copy, you need to go to sayolawealth.com and enter code WEALTH at checkout and start creating your wealthy life today. Until next time, mujer, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay inspired. On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general informational purposes only, and it does not constitute legal accounting, tax, or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liabilities for errors, inaccuracy, omission, misleading, or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.